welcome to the Exit Mindset Podcast. I'm Ramakali. 15 years ago, when I was trying to sell one of my companies, I couldn't get what I thought was the right price for it. I realized I had things set up the wrong way, even though the company was profitable. So I spent years researching and studying exit strategies to improve my company's valuation. I discovered that the same process that improves valuation would improve business profitability and give me more free time. I'm here to show you what I have learned. You see, the best way to grow your business is to look at it from the perspective of someone who's going to buy your company. Once you start thinking that way, magic happens and you start seeing things you could not see before. But that's not all. I also discovered the three principles that you must know to command a better price for your company. The three principles are, first, the product, second, the infrastructure, and third, the conversation you have with the consumer. Once you master these three principles, you will be on your way to increasing your profits, your company valuation, and get more work-life balance. So listen in and learn how you can do that. I will teach you through this podcast, Lessons from the Trenches, and we will have a dialogue with some of the greatest minds on the planet. Do you ever feel that you don't have enough time in the day to accomplish everything you want to do? Well, welcome to the real world. That's what most people struggle with and grapple with. You know that no matter how much you prioritize your time, there's always something missing. There's always something left. How many times in the day you just looked at the clock and realized that it's almost six o'clock, seven o'clock, and you've been working all day and you look at what you accomplished and you find that is very little. You feel it, you know it, you sense it. And you wonder what happened here? How could I even got here today? Why can I produce more or be more effective? In a workplace survey, Grenzler, which is a global architectural firm, found that 52% of their employees are distracted by others, and that 42% of those people use some sort of a makeshift solution to filter out distractions and keep them focused. Another company, McKinsey, which is a corporate time management company, talked to 1,500 company executives and found out that only 9% of them were satisfied with their time management. That's very drastic. And to make it worse, only 52% of those said that what they did throughout the day matched their company priorities, meaning that most of these things that occurred do not kind of match the ultimate objective of the company where the, where the company tried to go. So you can imagine how it would apply to your company. And probably the stats on this would go across the board with many, many organizations, large and small, and even on individual basis. You look at your day, sometimes you do have a lot of time where you feel that you're not productive as much as you would like to have been. And by the way, that is with key executives as well, which where you would fall under if you're a company owner or you run a company or run a business. Bain, a corporate consulting firm, measured the time budget for 17 corporations. They found that 15% of the time they spent is on meetings. And so you can imagine how much time it takes out of a company to have those meetings and out of productivity. And you can also imagine how much time it takes to prepare for those meetings so you can see what ultimately the results from time management perspective is that a lot of companies might be spending a lot of time on activities that are necessarily the most important. Now, meetings is a really a tough subject. They're absolutely necessary for companies, but they can take a life of their own. And I can't tell you how many times I've been in meetings and I've seen people in meetings and I've been to meetings that are just too long and they could have been shorter, they could have been more effective. And if there's one area that 
companies struggle with, generally speaking, is meetings. And I can tell you to this day, every time we have a meeting, my attention is how much time are we spending on it? And is this really too much time? And it's easy to get sort of uh, absorbed into the conversations, into the sort of the vines of those conversations that, that just magically appear. But at the end of the day, if you don't control it, it'll take a life of its own. You're going to be spinning your wheels and spending a lot of time on, a, on this activity that could be counterproductive sometimes. And that's only one part of it, of course. We all know, as you mentioned, there are emails, there is conversations with people, there's all sorts of activities. Even activities themselves can be sometimes ineffective. So you're dealing with an activity that looks very, very important, but reality of it is it's not going to move the dial that much for you. I personally like the metrics that classifies the importance of a job into four quadrants, which is important and urgent, important, not urgent, urgent, not important, not urgent, not important. And what we find is that most of the activities that we undertake sometimes fall into the, activ- into the arena of not urgent, not important, which causes time to be used in the wrong way. Most of your activities should be of the not urgent, but important, because urgent and important means it's a fire you got to deal with. That's urgent. All of a sudden, it popped up from nowhere, and you got to work at that. And these are the things you got to be watching for, because obviously, it'll consume your day from a priority perspective. The more you have urgent and important activities, the more that means you're out of control in terms of your time management. That means things are just appearing randomly. You walk in the morning and you feel like you walked into a storm because you're dealing with urgent matters. I, that happens to me all the time. And over the years, I've discovered ways, and I can tell we'll talk about some of those, where I would reduce that and reduce the amount of urgent but important. You, you will never have a time where there's nothing urgent would pop up that's important. That always happens in business because it's the nature of the world. But the less you have of those and the more delegation you've got in your company, the more you're going to have an easier time dealing with that. We go back to the second quadrant, which is important, but not urgent. This is the quadrant we should be in. You focus on the things that makes a difference, that requires planning, or things that are, could create effectiveness in your company. That is where you want to be. The third quadrant where it's not important, but urgent, is things that people come to you and they will sort of you know, say it's you, it's urgent. For example, let me give you an example of that. Somebody comes to you and says, I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you. Can, can I get on a phone call? It's urgent. So you pick up the phone and call, call that person. What's going on? Well, there's two movies out there. I'm trying to figure out which one we should go to. I don't think that's an important thing considering if you're in business and if you're doing with serious matters. That's something that's maybe urgent because it requires attention, but it's not important. Unless that movie has some serious consideration that why this movie wouldn't be one or the other. That probably is most likely something you can decide on a later time. And that's when it comes to business matters. The last one is not urgent, not important. These are time wasters, of course that you should avoid at all times. Not urgent, not important, meaning that it doesn't need to be done, doesn't need to be looked into, and it does not need to uh, be prioritized in any shape or form. So time waste people, sometimes time wasters are things that are ten- what they call tension relieving versus goal achieving items. So again, activities could be either one of those. One of the ways you can look at this is that, is the activity, is it attention relieving activity or is it a goal achieving? For example, you might decide to organize your desk because you think you can argue that it's important and it's urgent. I got to do it right now because I, I feel more comfortable when I, when I, or I work better when I'm, my desk is clean. But is that real? It may not necessarily be the case. It might be something you, you create in your mind because you want some tension relief. So, okay, well, that's an easy thing to do, to clear up my desk, clean it up. That would relieve some tension. 
but it's never going to give me a goal achievement in the level that you're looking at. Perhaps that can be done later. Perhaps I can delegate somebody else to kind of clean the desk and clear it up to make it more comfortable for me to work. Perhaps I can work here for another two or three, four, five, six hours until I get time, maybe extra five minutes when I have nothing to do or not as important things to do, then I, then I would be dealing with that. So the key to this is to prioritize your activities. Make sure that activities are prioritized and go in the right direction. In the exit mindset, as you know, we talk about the product, the infrastructure, and the conversation. You got to work on all these three things constantly. And in each one of those, you got to prioritize which one you're looking to accomplish. First of all, you got to prioritize which one you're going to be working on right today. Are you working on your product? Are you working on your conversation? Are you, are you working on your infrastructure? And then even within the context of what you're working on, you got to figure out which part of the product aspect I'm going to be working on that is going to be the most goal-achieving aspect of what needs to be done here. And when you think that way, you're going to find yourself to be more effective and you're going to find that you will achieve more. One tactic I use is that I write it down. I write down things I got to do sometimes. And I look at it and then I start ordering them in the different order to figure out what is the most important one of them all and start on that. So it helps you to stay focused on your tasks. It helps you to be focused on the big picture. And you cannot just think tasks. You got to think big picture. You got to think projects. In your position, you're trying to build a company, you're trying to scale. You're trying to create a company that is self-running to give you more time and freedom. You got to think in terms of what projects I can put in the mix that can give the company the profitability using the three elements, the product, the infrastructure, and the conversation that could impact all that and make it go where I want it to go. The other thing you got to always think about is that, do you know what the outcome of those projects or tasks you're accomplishing for the day? What is the ultimate result of it? If you think sometimes and you look at a, something you're about to do, and I do that lots of times, I go, okay, is this really going to make a difference at the end? And I look at the end of it and I look at the job that I have and I realize that may not necessarily be where is going to give me the most yield in terms of the overall equation. Is this really going to help me? It's going to help a company. It's going to get us somewhere. And if the answer is no, then I'm going to go pick another one. Say, no, let's look at that. I'll look at another one. Is focusing on this aspect of the product going to be the most important and is going to give me the most yield? If the answer is yes, it is, because that's an important part. If we accomplish that, I'm going to see some growth. I'm going to, be, I'm going to see some systems. I'm going to see some deployment. I'm going to see growth. Then I'm going to jump on it and work on it right away. Also, you want to avoid running between 100 tasks, one after the next, and going between them trying to finish one-tenth of this one, two-tenths of the other one, a little bit of this one, a little bit of that one. That wreaks havoc on your day, on your activity, and your productivity, and your time management. What you want to do is take one thing and focus on it. That is the key to this. There are a number of software out there that allow you to focus and help you with that. For example, there's one particular simple app that will take a 30-minute time segment and just have you focus while during that 30 minutes, it gives you an alert at the end of the 30 minutes. When you do that, when you stop looking at everything else around you, you're going to find yourself more productive, you're able to accomplish more. Take that 30 minute, turn another 30 minute, another 30 minute. Next thing you know, your day is very, very productive by using that tactic. Remember, task switching can be very detrimental to your day and focusing on one activity that could give you the biggest yield, the highest yield for the day is where you need to be. So let's get to some final solutions in here. First thing you want to do is collect a list of all your tasks. Make sure you don't make it too crazy. Make sure you be project-focused rather than just sort of task, small, item-focused. Find out the biggest yield in those lists. Trying to give it a time. 
see what you could do by the end of the day. We look at your list, you prioritize, you figure out what you figured. Now, if I take this one task or two tasks that I need to accomplish, can I finish what I need to finish by the end of the day? Or can I have the maximum amount of yield out of what I'm doing for the day with this particular task or project that I'm dealing with right now? Try to be more strategic. Look at the entire week and try to figure out how does this project or task that I'm embark on going to fit within the rest of the week? And not just that I'm going to focus on what's going to happen at the end of the day, I'm also going to focus on what's going to happen by the end of the week. If I keep working that way, will the week end in a manner that is going to give you the most productivity and the biggest results? Also, assess the impact of your work on others. How does that thing you're doing, that task, that project, how does that affect other people's work? Maybe it ends up with a good yield for you, but not necessarily a big yield when it comes to a team. So that is a key component of understanding what to do and what not to do. Be realistic with your time. Don't give it too much time for a job that can take less, but also don't expect too much. Don't expect to, to finish a complicated job within one hour that would take six hours because you think you're going to crank it. Either you're going to make mistakes or it's just not going to happen anyway. It's going to lead to disappointments. Assign realistic time allocation to each project that you have. Remember, it always depends on your instincts. you got to figure out what needs to be done. If there's a textbook that can be written on how to do this correctly in one way and doesn't rely on your own instincts, nobody have to worry about time management because it would be easy. Everybody would read that book and go through the steps and figure it out. The reason it is complicated, the reason a lot of people struggle with it, because it does depend on your situation. It depends on what needs to be done. And it does rely on your instincts as to how to use your time. One more thing, be flexible with your assessment. Don't box yourself. If you find that the activities you're going after may necessarily end up somewhere after you started, stop and reevaluate and do something else. You don't want to do this every minute, but you really want to make sure that if you, as you embark on something, you re, and that has happened a lot of times where I think I'm doing something, I look at it at the end of the day, when I start something and I look at it in the middle of it, I go, okay, hold on, this isn't going to go anywhere. It looks like it's just wasting time. Let me cut it here. So I'm always flexible. And I think it's a good approach because it saved me from a lot of using time in a very useful way that would be a waste. So it's a good time organization strategy to be flexible when you're thinking and how you approach your day. Lastly, know when to exit a job. Know when it's not going to work out. Know when you think it's not going to be productive. And that's going to happen throughout. So you start something, looks like it's not going anywhere. Just get out, stop it, move to the next thing that could create the most productivity and result for you. That is it for today. Remember, action is everything. Use it or lose it. I'm Ram Akali, and I'll see you in the next podcast. You've just listened to the Exit Mindset Podcast with Ram Akali. If you haven't yet subscribed or followed, please do so in your podcast listening app. Or better yet, visit ExitMindset.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our bonus content. Lastly, we want to help as many business owners as possible. If you know anyone that could benefit from the information given in this podcast, please feel free to share it with them. Until next time.